What if the woman or the wife is a godly wife, but the husband is ungodly or at least disobedient? What if the husband is disobedient and ungodly or an unbeliever and the wife is a believer and godly? Well, our answer to that question is found in 1 Peter 3, verse 1, 1 to 6. 1 Peter 3, 1 to 6. In the same way, you wives, be submissive to your own husbands, so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives, as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. And let not your adornment be merely external, braiding the hair and wearing gold jewelry and putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. For in this way, in former times, the holy women also who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. Thus, Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you have become her children if you do what is right without being frightened by any fear. In verse 1, he says, in the same way, you wives, in the same way as what? Well, in the previous chapter, he just mentioned how we are supposed to be submissive in different ways. And then he mentions the example of Christ at the end of chapter 2. So in the same way, now he's addressing the wives. How should they be submissive to their own husbands? Even if any of them are disobedient to the word. Be submissive to them, even if any of them are disobedient to the word, that they may be one without a word by the behavior of their wives as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. He doesn't mean obey them and do whatever they want if they're asking you to sin, if they're expecting you to sin. But even if they are unbelieving and disobedient, and they expect you to do the regular expectations of a wife, then do those things, even if they are unreasonable, even if they are caustic, even if they are bitter, even if they don't ask you properly, just do what they're expecting you to do. Even if they are sinning in the way they tell you to do it. As long as they're not expecting you to sin. If they're saying, let's go get drunk together, then you should say, no, thank you. If they're saying, let's go to an orgy together, you should say, no, thank you. If they say, let's go steal from the store together, you should say, no, thank you. Right? Those are, those are sins, and that's when we disobey. Whether it's the wife to the husband or in other scenarios, we, we disobey when the higher authority calls on us to sin. But otherwise, we should obey. And this is what should happen. Not with the focus on external beauty, but internal beauty. He says, not external, merely external in verse 3, but internal beauty, verse 4. Hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. And don't think that you're alone. Verse 5 says, the holy women did this. In verse 5, the holy women in former times did this. You're not alone. You're not the only one who's experiencing these problems. They experienced them. And then verse 6, a specific example of Sarah. Sarah obeyed 
Abraham, calling him Lord, and you have become her children if you do what is right without being frightened by any fear. Of course, in Abraham's case, Abraham was a believer. But do you think Abraham was always uh, living an obedient life day by day and he never sinned? Or he was never unreasonable towards Sarah? Of course, there would have been times when Abraham sinned, even sinned against Sarah. But still, Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. If you want to see one example of this, Genesis 21, Genesis 21 is an example where Abraham didn't want to do the right thing. Then Sarah spoke up and told him to do the right thing. And then God, he also intervened and told Abraham, listen to what Sarah told you. And what's the problem or scenario there? Well, Isaac was weaned and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. Verse 8. But what happened? Hagar's son, Ishmael, was persecuting Isaac. And this was the time for Hagar and Ishmael to be expelled from the house. And Abraham did not want that to happen. Sarah says to expel them, and Abraham did not want that to happen. Then God intervenes and tells Abraham, listen to what Sarah advised you to do. Verse 9, we pick it up at verse 9. Now, Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, mocking or persecuting, as it says in Galatians 4, 29 to 30. Galatians 4, 29 to 30, the apostle This mocking was a mocking of persecution. Verse 10, Therefore she said to Abraham, Drive out this maid and her son, for the son of this maid shall not be an heir with my son Isaac. And the matter distressed Abraham greatly because of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not be distressed because of the lad and your maid. Whatever Sarah tells you, listen to her, for through Isaac your descendants shall be named. Well, 1 Peter 3, Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. That that doesn't mean she never instructed him or taught him or advised him, presented her wisdom to him, but whenever she needed to obey him, which was generally speaking, she obeyed him and was respectful to him.